So the short answer to that is buy a car before you need one. Because if you do, it gives plenty of time to make sure you find the right options and you're not forced into buying a car just because you have to have one. Hey, it's Justin Harvey. Thanks for tuning in to the Anesthesia and Pain Management Success Podcast. With APM Success, we take a close look at important topics pertaining to business, practice management, personal finance, and careers for anesthesiologists and pain management physicians. We work hard to take your critical questions straight to the experts. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to episode 189 of Anesthesia and Pain Management Success. I'm here today with a special guest tackling a topic that is totally different and off the reservation from the normal content of this show. And yet, I find it very much missionally aligned with the core of what we're trying to do, which is uh, bring valuable connections, ideas, and people into the lives of our listeners. So joining us today is Andrew Guthmiller, who is the owner at GoCarConcierge.com. I recently worked with Andrew to buy a car. And it's funny, I so I'm a financial advisor. And Andrew, I didn't tell you this story, but one of the very first jobs that I ever had, <laughs> we'll call it a sub job. I, as an advisor, I was working at a big company, working for very wealthy people. And uh, I had to buy a Range Rover for the daughter of a client. And we were in this big, like open air, you know, it was an office with no walls, like low wall cubicles. So everybody can kind of see everybody. And so <laughs> I'm in the corner and everybody is doing their normal financial things. And I get a call from the senior partner. It's like, oh, we got to, for, you know, Steve's daughter, we got to find one of these locally. And so I found myself calling dealers, negotiating pricing, talking about the leather color and does this have a moonroof or not? And everyone is just looking at me like, Justin, what the, what are you doing? We're all like doing our jobs and you're over here playing games in the corner. And lo and behold, it actually was my job. So Andrew, thanks for joining us. I'm really excited to talk to you today. No, absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. And I know that you're a lot better at your job than I was as a 23-year-old trying to be wheeling and dealing with different dealerships. <laughs> Why don't you talk a little bit about what you do and kind of what brings you here today? Yeah. So about six years ago, I started a company called Car Concierge with the intent of taking all the stress and pain that comes into buying a car off of people's plates. You know, I spent 10 years at a dealership prior to doing this in the finance world, sales, uh, sales management, and watch people struggle all the time to try to buy a car on their own. And I thought, you know, with the knowledge that I have, I could provide a much better car buying experience to the consumer. So, so Andrew and I worked together recently, and we have no financial <laughs> relationship. And but I, I thought that his business and his service is really a valuable one that the listeners of this audience would benefit a lot from. And what I found, what I suspected was true, and what I found to be true is that the cost of working with Andrew is like not only do you get a lot of time back. Because anybody who's tried to research, how do you, you know, if you think I want to buy a car, just the thought of that is so overwhelming. And it just, at least for me, it just fills me with dread. And I think about the cruising around on cars.com and auto trader and like trying to even decide what model and then doing like a national price search and figuring out your budget. It's just like hours and hours and hours. Some people are energized by that. I am not one of those people. And that's why we're talking today. So why don't you talk a little bit about your business and pricing and kind of how the process works? 
Yep, absolutely. So the process begins with an in-depth conversation around what a client is looking for and what's important to them. So different makes, different models, features or capabilities of a vehicle, and then obviously colors and the, the most important, what is your budget? You know, what do you want to spend on a car? With that information, I can begin rounding up options, talking to different dealerships, negotiating where possible, and getting you educated around what the options look like. You know, some will be good, some will be bad, but at the end of the day, we should be able to find the perfect car for the right pricing structure so that uh, you can get your next vehicle. But once you agree that we've found the right opportunity, I will at that point start making all the arrangements, you know, facilitating the paperwork, an appointment to the dealership. If you are going in, if it's being delivered, I'll make sure we get all the arrangements for transportation to drop the car off at your driveway. I do work with trades, interest rates, leasing factors, um, accessories, warranties, whatever's applicable in anybody's situation to make sure they get a complete product parked in their driveway. I found it really useful and also just sort of um, gave me a lot of peace of mind knowing that I was working with somebody who knew this so intimately and had been on the other side of the table for a long time. How many people have you helped buy a car in the last six years? Oh, I have no idea. It's in the thousand plus range. I know that when you told me, I said, what's a busy month for you? You said it was like 75 deals or something (laughs) like that. Yeah, And I was doing the math on that. It's like, well, that's if you're looking at business days in a month, that's like several per day on average. Granted, that hasn't been, that's not always the case. You know, 2022 was a very difficult year with the way the market got. So yeah. the numbers, you know, came down pretty substantially to where we were at 2021. You know, July 2021 was obviously, or not obviously, but was the best month that car concierge has ever had. The way 2023 is starting off again, I think uh, we've got some record numbers coming in the near future, but we'll see. I'm being optimistic. (laughs) Yeah, well, I too am a stubborn optimist, I would say. (laughs) What's the best time to buy a car? Well, generally speaking, it would be March or in October-ish, somewhere in there. And it's... In March is when like the new model year cars are coming out and finally are not coming out, but are finally starting to get priced aggressively. And it's kind of after the hangover of January and February, which are prototypically the worst two car months of every year. So dealers are starting to get hungry again. When you wait until, you know, kind of beginning of quarter four, end of quarter three, you start to get into the let's blow out all the remaining inventory so that the new inventory can hit the lot. And But when I say a normal market, we are not in a normal market. With the lack of cars that have been out there, I don't know that there is such a thing as a the right time to buy a car now. So the short answer to that is buy a car before you need one. Because if you do, it gives plenty of time to make sure you find the right options and you're not forced into buying a car just because you have to have one. Yeah. Do you have any stories that sort of stand out for you as moments where you really, uh, you know, think back with great satisfaction that you got your (laughs) client a really, really awesome deal and, and what unfolded? Yeah. So like one specifically comes to mind, this uh, gal reached out to me and said, I know this is probably a little bit outside of the norm, 
but we ordered a BMW. It's an X5. You know, we got it exactly the way we wanted, but now all of a sudden we feel like the dealership is being really sketchy and the price that they're giving to us is not really good. Is Would you be interested in investigating this for us? I said, sure. And I looked into their pricing and I'm like, yeah, this doesn't look right. After a few conversations with the dealership, the price came down $9,500 from where they started and what they were told they were going to have to pay to the price that they actually ended up paying. Wow. You ruined some sales manager's day. (laughs) He was very, very upset with me. We'll we'll put it that way. But he knew that he ordered a car for these clients, that it's exactly what they wanted to have. But I found a car that was 99% of the way to what they were looking for elsewhere and said, here's the deal. They'll buy the car they ordered from you or we're going to go buy this other one for a substantially better price, even though it's not exactly what they want. It's close enough for the price difference that they'll take it. Magically, all of a sudden, the price became a fair price. And, uh, you know, so that's one that stands out specifically. I have a Range Rover story that's identical to that, that happened in, in uh, Dallas. That BMW one was in Los Angeles. Those are two that really stand out just from being aggressive on the pricing side of things. Do you have any dealers that whenever you call them, they're like, oh no, it's Andrew on the line? (laughs) No, actually, um, I really don't. Most of the people that I've worked with a few times are excited to hear from. Like specifically, it comes to mind, I've got a dealership in Texas. If I call, they answer my call immediately because they know I have a car deal for them. And that's what they're looking for. You know, as much fun as it is to, you know, completely destroy somebody at a dealership, it's more beneficial to create a good relationship with them. Like they know that they're not getting a free deal per se, but at the same time, they know that they're getting an opportunity. It's going to be simple for them. It's going to be simple for the person buying it. So they're excited to work with me 99% of the time. Talk about how your pricing works. So I do not take money from dealerships ever. That's been, I don't want to be in their pockets. That's always been kind of a staple for me. I want to work for the people that are hiring me, so to speak. So I charge a flat fee that totaling uh, currently that the fee on that is 700. I do a $300 retainer to begin and the remaining 400 coming due no sooner than putting a car in your driveway. Just clean and simple. And can you talk a little bit about like new versus used, rent versus buy? Are there any sort of differences in your approach there or differences in opportunity for the consumer? There is. And right now is the most variance in those opportunities. So at surface level, the best value at the exact moment in time is in new. If you find the right prior, you know, the right dealership, the price you'll pay on a new car just makes substantially more sense than buying what a lot of these used cars are selling for. That is shifting a little bit. We're starting to see new car prices coming down. We're starting to see used cars price, uh, prices drop pretty substantially as well. A lot of what I would consider standard truths are no longer. It's just do the research, look into what can you buy a new one for, what can you buy a used one for, and make the common sense judgment at that point. Because of the way the car market is, leasing has been less popular. The leasing companies are 
pretty terrified of what the car market will look like in two or three years. So the big factors that contribute to what a monthly payment on a lease would be, such as your residual factor or, you know, the residual value or the money factor, those numbers are very skewed in comparison to what they should look like. So your monthly payments on a lease have been almost 75% more than what they would have been two years ago on the exact same car. For that reason alone, a lot of people have been pushed away from leasing because it just doesn't make as much sense. That's a little bit of a double-edged sword though, because if you lease a car, even though the payments are higher, you know what you're going to spend over the course of three years. If the market really does tank like the leasing companies are assuming that it will, if you buy a car, that depreciation hit when that happens is potentially substantially more. So it's risk. They're weighing your risks on it, I suppose. You know, do I pay more now and just have it locked in and not worry about the depreciation? Or do I gamble and just hope that the depreciation isn't as bad? You know, the last few years has shown depreciation really isn't something to be concerned about. But generally speaking, that's not something that I would hold on to. So. Yeah, we've actually seen something that is very unusual, which is appreciation. <laughs> right. And uh, you buy a car, drive it for two years, and the dealer's trying to buy it back from you for 5000 more than you paid for it. And it's like mind-blowing. Well, and that's crazy. So I would say it was probably, probably July of 21, August 21, somewhere in there. I had a client that was, hey, my lease is coming up. I need to get a different car. I've got this BMW don't know what to, should I turn it in? Should I sell it? And he, it ended up, he had $14,000 of equity in his car on a lease. So it cost him no money whatsoever, basically to drive that car for three years. And <laughs> when it was all said and done, I mean, just really, really weird times that we've had last couple of years. I know one thing that a lot of our listeners are going to be interested to understand is how it works with Teslas, which are popular among the physician crowd. And some of the, because I know Tesla has a different distribution model, direct to consumer rather than the normal dealership sort of operational flow that uh, like a Ford, Chevy, BMW kind of car would have. So talk a little bit about the different models and how you interact with those. Yeah. So with the direct to consumer, there isn't a lot for me to contribute. You know, you go to those websites, you fill out the order, it tells you how much you're going to pay and when you're going to pay it. And you know, that's about it. I do get clients that'll call me or, you know, people that are looking to be clients that'll call me and say, you know, I, I can't help with that, but answer any questions that are on the table. Like, you know, what do you think of this particular option? Is it something you would encourage me to get? You know, what are your thoughts on interest rates? Should I finance with Tesla? Should I find my own financing? And I'm happy to answer those questions at any given time. If you're looking for a used Tesla or any of those, that at that point becomes just like any other car. I can help anybody with that and just make sure we find the right one for the right deal. How much should a consumer be looking to pay for a vehicle before it makes sense to engage you? And are there any like sweet spots like a consumer is going to get the best value hiring me for this kind of car? That's a great question. There isn't really a price bracket per se, but I tend to try to stay away from doing cars that are older and higher mileage unless they're like classic or collector cars or something like that but like you know a 15 year old suburban with 200,000 miles on it i tend to not want to get too involved in that because 
I'm not going to be able to travel the country and test drive every single car and something like that. You really need to drive it and, you know, get a feel for it to know if it's a good vehicle. So, I mean, my specialty is going to be late model, low mileage or brand new. That's really where it comes in. But I do get to have a lot of fun. I get clients that want to buy classic cars, you know, like most recently I was working on a, uh, Oh, this is embarrassing. Can't even remember the model. Anyway, it was like $150,000 used, you know, classic car, but we found one that was, you know, had 6,000 miles on it that grandma kept in her garage forever. And <laughs> we just, you know, so I get to have some fun with some of the collector items and stuff like that too. Yeah. And, you know, for the listeners, I it it really expands your options. If you're willing to do like a low mileage or no mileage, late model or new under warranty because then you don't really need to worry about a test drive because if it, you get a lemon you just send it back that that way you can if you live in you know i i live in portland and i was we were looking at honda odysseys all over the place before we settled on one that just happened to be in our backyard here but there were some in new york some in florida talk about how you handle that geography and you know shipping cars and how much does that cost and how does that work right yeah so with the with that portion of it you know, we have to bring a lot of common sense to the table, but I want to find my clients' cars as close to home as possible. It's obviously the simplest, less room for error and everything else, but that's not always an option. You know, sometimes the cars are just way too overpriced in your area. Sometimes they're like, especially now, there just aren't cars in your area. So to find the right vehicle, I just spiral, spiral out from your zip code as far as I have to until we find the right opportunities. But what we have to take into consideration is the cost of shipping. If we can't get the dealership to absorb that cost, now it falls on us. So does it make sense for somebody in Washington to buy a car in Florida to save two grand on the price, but then turn around and pay $2,500 in shipping. No, it doesn't. We we're better off just paying two grand more locally, but we can find those sweet spots where it's like, well, we can pay a thousand bucks for shipping and we get this car for, you know, 900,000, $1,500 less expensive net savings. This is a victory, you know, so shipping old standard, but, still to give people a general idea it's about a dollar a mile so if we have a thousand dollar travel um, we've got a thousand dollar shipping fee that's a rough estimate but at least gives you some food for thought are there any things that you know and i'm not asking for your secret sauce here exactly but are there (laughs) things that you think you're like way better than the normal consumer at or things that you bring to bear you know, and I alluded to this before we hit record here, things that you do for people that they don't even know that you're doing, but they're sort of, it's sort of built into the service that you provide. Uh, There's a few things that come to mind. I mean, first and foremost, like my secret sauce is just honestly my knowledge of the car industry. I understand how these dealerships work. I understand, you know, how these sales managers are thinking. And when I call these places and I say, you know, this is who I am, this is what I do. Here's a little bit of my past. We don't have that manager to consumer conversation anymore. We have car guy to car guy conversation. And we just get to eliminate a lot of the BS and just get to the point because we both know that there's no point in trying to sell one another. It's this is what we've got going on. This is what you, you're willing to do for us. Cool. Let's get this done or we're not interested. You know, <laughs> And 
so that's that really is the secret sauce is just those types of conversations but there's a lot of stuff the general car buyer tends to get really caught up in what is the price or what is the trade value or what is the monthly payment those are all important factors but they're not the factor the number one factor for people to be paying attention to is what does it cost to buy this car after trade after rebates after sales tax license shipping any weird fees now when you have that bottom line number you're comparing apples to apples on every car that you look at because dealerships are really good at playing the numbers game and right now dealerships are really good at hiding the truth because they can get away with it so these prices you see online i would call it 75 percent of the time are marked up with hidden fees and stuff like that that you don't find out about until the very end of the transaction so it's like well the price was 30 grand yeah but we added a thousand dollars for theft protection and we added fifteen hundred dollars for paint and fabric protection and we got four hundred dollars for the nitrogen we put in your tires and all of a sudden you know three four grand later it's not the deal you thought you were getting anymore and then of course at this point everybody's aware of the market adjustments the five thousand dollar bump in price just because they feel like it or whatever it is so one of the big things that i bring to the table is when i put a vehicle in front of you you know what it costs not this was the price it's what is it going to cost you the consumer that would be the first thing that introductory call that we do is where it's for me to really learn about people like what's important to you what are your big values um, a customer comes to my in massachusetts he called me up and said he wanted to buy a mazda and went on you know Mazda's good car nothing wrong with that but you know he likes simple he likes maintenance free when he does need maintenance he doesn't want it to be a big ordeal and then he tells me that his mazda dealership is no longer open and it's a 45 minute drive to his closest mazda dealership now well the first thing that came to mind is why aren't we getting you a subaru all of the things that are important to you are in that but now you have all-wheel drive you still get the same fuel economy but there's a subaru dealership five miles away from you and they're also a very reliable car he fell in love with it he's like i've never considered a subaru and actually a couple of years later he called me to tell me that him buying that subaru was the best decision that he's ever made you know it's it's watching and and paying attention to all the little nuances of what's important to you to make sure that we match you up with the right thing don't get me wrong i get people that say i want to buy x and that's all i'm going to consider so be it that's what will get you but if you don't have any particularly dead set opinions on any make or model let's consider all of them and make sure we get you the right one something that was appealing to me in going through this process and thinking about what I was really looking for was having a like something that's turnkey, no pun intended, or push button, <laughs> I guess, that uh, I wasn't going to have to worry about my vehicle for years, meaning like warranty protection that was going to be pretty comprehensive. And, you know, I've been, I've had the little dealers, we actually bought a Subaru like a year and a half ago. And, you know, and, and that one, oh, this was this is something that I guess reinforced, Andrew, that I needed to talk to you because we had negotiated everything in advance. We ordered it. We got a, a good deal and a discount and through one of their special programs and we we felt great about it. And I thought I was going to go in, give them the money. They gave me the car. That was that was my ideal situation. And here we are like four and a half hours later. I'm still sitting in a 
waiting room in the in the sales department waiting for my turn to go in and you know get get beaten down and i actually ended up you know succumbing to their little pitch and i bought the wheel and windshield warranty which thankfully i has already <laughs> has already paid for itself but the point is um these car dealerships are just built to wear you down grind you out and then continue to economically capitalize on something where you thought you were you thought everything was done and then it wasn't done and actually funny like i even found that with the one that you had done for me at the honda dealership like the price was set i knew what i was getting i got there and like let's take a test drive and i was kind of like oh i don't really want to take a test drive but i got in the car anyway we went around the block and then it was like this guy to that guy and they pass you around and it's like man i just wanted to like Walk in with the, I sh- what I should have done, Andrew, was have you tell them to like drop it off at my house. <laughs> yep. I'm going to do that next time. But I say all this to say uh, the warranty piece is an important part of like a, a vehicle purchase that's going to get you what you really want, which is the predictability of your transportation in addition to the, the car itself. So talk a little bit about like what you've seen with how that works at the dealer and the pricing. And, you know, it's so artificial. I know that with the, the one that I got, I was, I kept saying, no, no, no. And I literally didn't want, I said, I don't want anything. Just give me the car. And they kept slashing, slashing, slashing. So it's so plastic, you know, they keep, it, it's, it's a bunch of monkey business. But the point is, tell us like what you think about that and then kind of how you help people who are interested in a warranty. Yeah, I mean, generally speaking, my clients don't have to go through that. So I'm sorry that you had so much time invested. I didn't know it went that long. But, you know, I try to make that pretty ruled out. Like, hey, not interested in any of this stuff. They still have to bring it up. You're going to get the question. It doesn't matter. If you buy a car, whether it's being delivered to you or not, somebody at some point in time is going to ask you, do you want to buy this warranty? And you don't have to buy any of that stuff. So, you know, I don't discourage it, but I'm not encouraging it either. You know, it's, does it make sense to you? And is it priced appropriately? Dealerships across the country are very, very different in how they go about that. So a lot of places will do the opposite of what you experienced. They're going to price it a lot more appropriately to start. And if you say no, they're done with it. Like the next, like you went in, they started very, very high on the price and it just kept coming down until they got to the price that they just weren't willing to go any lower on, so be it. But there's a lot of markup in that. I've helped clients get warranties that people were told, you know, five grand for this warranty product and, you know, for 16 to 1900 bucks, you can get the same kind of coverage elsewhere. It's just people didn't need to mark it up the way it was. So that is one of the things like I really try to eliminate is having to deal with that badgering sales stuff. It happens sometimes. I can't stop every dealership from being who they are, but really try to weed that out. And then, you know, there's other, something that I discovered in talking to you and a little bit, some like some online forums when I was doing a little bit of research was that there are third parties, other like insurance companies essentially through whom you can purchase coverage that is comparable or in some cases probably superior to whatever you're getting from the dealer that can get you every bit of same protection for a significantly discounted price. Right. Yep. Yeah. And I've been very fortunate. I've, you know, in my time in the car industry, I know what good looks like. I know what bad looks like. And I just kept searching and I'm partnered with another company that has given me access to, you know, so I have access to the auctions because of them. 
So if there's a really sweet opportunity for a client of mine to get a car directly, you know, wholesale, we can do that. It's just another tool in the toolbox, but they also gave me access to, you know, I found this company, we all got partnered together, but now I have access to warranties and tire and wheel and gap products and everything like that for different people in different situations. But because I'm not a dealership, don't need to mark it up. You know, this is just to give people access to really good products without having to pay a fortune to do it. Yeah. And that was something that we did with the vehicle we just bought and I'm super happy with it. Knowing that like if I blow a tire, if I get a rock on our, you know, windshield or and that happened with the you know the Subaru that we got, we had to get a new windshield and it's so annoying. It's like eleven hundred bucks to if you got the <laughs> the eyesight thing that they have to calibrate and it's just yep. I think that especially here in Oregon where they don't believe in salt, they use rocks on the roads in the wintertime. It's a, it's a good <laughs> idea to get that. <laughs> anyway, uh, how, how long does this process take? And if somebody comes to you and says, I need a car as soon as possible, uh, what can they expect? That is a huge variable right now. The first thought that comes to mind is how picky are you going to be? You know, if it's incredibly specific, like I want a GMC Yukon Denali with black on black and all these features that could take three, four, five, six months before we have the right one. If you're like, I want this car, but I'm open to these four colors. You know, if it has X, Y, and Z on it, I'll be happy or I'll be very happy. If it were to also come with these features, I'd be even happier, but I can live without them. Now we can really start cutting down the time frame. One thing that I've, I've been making people kind of abundantly clear on is we're going to trade time for money right now. You know, so if you have to have a car fast, most likely it will not be the best price that you could get or I could accomplish for you, but you get a car right away. So let's just make sure it's as appropriately priced as we can get in a time frame that works for you. If you come to the table with time, and that's where I go back to, like, don't buy a car when you need one, <laughs> you know, buy it before you need a car. That gives us the opportunity to find the exact one for the price that we know we're not going to do better on. And everybody can walk away feeling like they got what they wanted. But, you know, so a time frame I've had, even in the last couple months, I've had people get a car within three days of hiring me. And I've got people that are still on my books from six, seven, eight months ago that still don't have a car. And it just kind of comes down to, you know, availability and how specific you want to be. But I'm happy to do the work so long as I understand your time frame and you understand uh, in return what we're doing and why it's taking the time it is. If folks want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? A few different ways. I mean, obviously, call get a hold of me on my cell at 612-222-7357. But if you just want to send in a request for general information, there's a request form uh, on my website that is gocarconcierge.com. Cool. Well, Andrew, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us today on the podcast. Yeah, no, this was fun. It's been a while since I've just kind of gone all out on these types of questions. So good time. If you liked what you heard this week, head on over to apmsuccess.com, where you can find more content and free resources to help you build a successful career in anesthesia and pain management. If you wanted to leave a review in iTunes, I'd also really appreciate it. Thanks for using some of your valuable time to join me today on APM Success.